Episode 47, Counting Men. The amount of Israelites that came out of the land of Egypt and entered the Promised Land is very much debated. Although there isn't a definite answer to the number, there are a couple of different thoughts on the final count of men prepared for war. Welcome to the History of the Bible. Now that an overview of what the book of Numbers is all about, from the name of the book to the general idea of the content within it, it is time to follow the Israelites on their journey as they depart Mount Sinai. It's been just over a year since the Israelites left Egypt as a free nation, a year and two weeks to be exact. The tabernacle has been set up for a month now and the people have been camped at Mount Sinai for almost a year. No longer were they bound to be slaves. Instead, they were headed to a new beginning as a nation with land. The land that was promised to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. However, before the Israelites leave for their new home, the Lord tells Moses to take a census of the people. There would be a second census later on after the first generation of Israelites died off in the wilderness. The main reason that the census was taken was to see how many men were of military age and could fight in the coming war on the land of Canaan. This would be men of the age of 20 years or older. It was prevalent in ancient times to take a census of all fighting age men. However, it was also very common for ancient armies' numbers to be exaggerated, especially the casualties of the enemy. When the casualties of the leader's enemies were inflated, it would make him and his accomplishments look better than they were. Now, with the census of the Israelites, is that what is happening? Just an inflated number of military-aged men? Or is that a legit number of men? In Numbers 1, verse 46, it says that the total number is 603,550 men not including the Levites that were able to go to war. The Levites, the Lord said, was his, and that they were not to be counted in the census. Although they would be counted on their own, just males who were a month old and upward. The reason for the Lord saying that the Levites were his is because of the redemption of the firstborns. The Lord laid claim to all firstborns ever since Egypt and the death of the Egyptians' firstborns, of the people and of the animals. But instead of taking the firstborns of all the Israelites and their livestock, the Lord just said that he will take the tribe of Levi and all of their livestock. Instead of them going out to battle, they would be the tribe that took care of all things to do with the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. Up until recently, this number has always been assumed to be the exact number of men going up for battle after leaving Mount Sinai. Remember, this number is only the males, no women, children, or the whole clan of Levi. With those included, it is estimated that all the tribes of Israel would exceed the two million count. 
Today, there has been thoughts that the estimated count of Israel was not 2 million, but only 30,000 people in total. Now, this shouldn't be something that should cause division whatsoever among people today. Whether God provided 30,000 people or 2 million in the desert with the food and water is both a miracle. The reason that the idea of 2 million was the population is traditionally held because the Bible says in three different areas that the men numbered just over 600,000. The first time is when the Israelites first came out of Egypt. It says in Exodus 12, verse 37, that the men only counted around 600,000. The other two places are in both senses, taken in numbers. The first one being in chapter 1, verse 46, and the other being later on in the book of Numbers. There are a couple ways to look at this. Either the exact meaning is to be taken, it's a misinterpretation of the original language, or it's an exaggeration of the number of men. There have been some suggestions that this number is the number from the time of Solomon or King David. However, that would incline that Moses didn't write the book, which the Bible does not support. Plus, why would there be any reason to take a larger number population of a nation and insert it into the history books? That would be the same as if a historian wrote today's population of a country as it was a population 400 years ago. That's just bad record keeping. It was very common for record keepers in ancient times to inflate the numbers. For example, writings from Egypt have been discovered that indicate that one of their pharaohs had ruled for thousands and thousands of years. This is simply not true. This has also been found to be true with the size of armies that nations had. Exaggeration of the armies would help the commander, often the king, look better as the commander of a larger army. Plus, if word got out to the enemy, this number would intimidate them. The issue with thinking that the amount of soldiers in Israel is over 600,000 men as just an exaggerated amount is at what point are the numbers in the Old Testament true? or just inflated amounts. Now, if the numbers were to be taken at face value, there were 603,550, and in the second census, there would be just about the same amount, then that would be it. There wouldn't have to be scholars debating the number of Israelites that left Egypt and headed for the Promised Land. However, that would mean that the Israelites had 27 children on average because the amount of Israelites' firstborn sons were counted, and the ratio between firstborns to non-firstborns is 27 to 1, plus females. In the Bible, Jacob is the one with the most sons, and he only had 12, not 27 sons. The other thing is population growth. If it was a total of 430 years, that Israel spent in Egypt, then the population growth would only need to be 2.42%, 2 
which isn't too far off the 2.2% seen during the middle of the 20th century. So it could be realistic that the growth was that high. However, if it's believed that the time spent in Egypt was 215 years, then the population growth would have to be 4.9%. However, many scholars believe that the population growth of the Israelites was very possible to have a couple million people only after 215 years in Egypt. When taking into consideration the growth rate percentage, it can very easily be thought that the family is growing from one man and one woman. But it could be that when the men married multiple women as wives, the population growth would be much quicker. As an example, let's look at the sons of Jacob. Between all of them, the sons of Jacob had 51 sons of their own which would only be 4.25 males per son of Jacob. At that rate, and with the lifespan, it is believed that by the seventh generation, the population would be over 600,000 fighting men in the nation. The other way that the number of warriors in numbers could be seen is that the words have been misinterpreted. The Hebrew word alip is usually translated to mean thousand. But it has also been found elsewhere in the Bible to be referring to clans, families, divisions, and tribes. Often, the translation of the number is six and forty thousand and five hundred, which is believed to mean forty-six thousand five hundred. But if the Hebrew word is being used incorrectly, then it could be translated to say 6 and 40 clans, or 500. This would be a different understanding of the population. Instead of there being 46,500 in the tribe of Reuben, it could be said that there were 500 men from 46 family groups. The word alip could sometimes be taken to mean military unit which is the word alip. Instead of the Bible reading that there were 603,550 warriors, it could be that there were 598 families with 5,550 men. A very large difference between these two. This would mean that the total population of Israel was not somewhere around 2 million, but rather 22,200, with the most being around 30,000. Looking at the Bible for direction, the Bible tends to indicate that the Israelites were a smaller nation rather than a larger one. Today, we may think that even the 2 million is a smaller nation, but we need to get an understanding of the populations in ancient times. If the Israelites numbered around 2 million people, then they would be a superpower. The Egyptians, at the time, only had 3 to 4 million people. It would be interesting for the Egyptians to rule over a group of people that rivaled their own population. Looking at the size of the army, it says that the Israelites had 603,550 fighting men. 
That means their army was that size. Other empires that conquered much of the known world had only half that size. The Persian army at its height of power only had 200,000 actual soldiers ready for battle. And the Assyrians, who we will learn about in a later episode, only had 100,000 to 150,000 troops. With an army of over 600,000, the Israelites would have one of the largest armies in ancient times. Now putting aside the size of the army, multiple times in the Bible it says that there are seven nations larger and stronger than the Israelites in the land of Canaan. If the nation of Israel equaled 2 million, that would mean that the land of Canaan had 15 to 20 million people in the region. This is a larger number of people than today's population of the region. During the time period of the Late Bronze Age and into the Iron Age period, around the same time period of the Exodus, this region has been discovered to only have at most 1 million people, not 15 to 20 million. The only nation that feared the size of the Israelites were the Moabites. Otherwise, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, the Lord says that there are seven nations that he will remove before Israel, and that in chapter 9, it says that Israel will go into the land and dispose of nations greater and mightier than they were. The smaller amount of Israelites still comes with its own difficulties. The main one is that the word has been mistranslated. The other thing that makes it difficult to believe the smaller number is the second census. The second census counted 601,730 fighting men, almost the exact same amount of people. However, the second census was taken after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. So this was right before the Israelites planned to enter the land of Canaan for the second time. Both senses were taken right before the Israelites were expected to go to battle. This was done so Moses and Joshua in the future could know how many soldiers they had on the battlefield. A very common practice to do for kings and leaders of armies at the time before a major battle because it demonstrates their power for their up-and-coming conquests. The reason that the second census was actually a smaller count than the first census was due to rebellions, plagues, and disobedience to God. Scholars say that around 50,000 people died during the wandering in the desert to one thing or another. This makes the idea of the population only being between 22,000 and 30,000 difficult. This is one of the arguments against the low number of the Israelites' population. However, there have been 40 years between the census, so it could be that the population had grown and then the deaths happened, bringing it back to almost the exact same size population. The other thing that is believed to have happened to account for those 50,000 deaths is that when the Israelites left Egypt, they didn't leave by themselves. Yes, 
the Lord was with them, but others went along with them too. In Exodus 12, verse 38, it says that a mixed multitude went up from Egypt when the Israelites left. Although the census did not account for these people in its count, the death toll could very well have. With either a lot of people or a smaller nation, one would think that there would be some type of evidence found of them leaving Egypt and coming into the promised land. However, because the Israelites were nomads, people that moved from place to place for food based on the seasons, they lived in tents, which leave very little to nothing behind for archaeologists to discover. The thoughts of how many people went into the Promised Land and who left Egypt is still debated. Honestly, it will continue to be debated. Both the smaller number of Israelites and the larger number have many strengths and weaknesses. They both can address questions, and they both leave one with more questions. But what we do know is that despite the number of people, God did bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt and brought them to Mount Sinai and provided enough food and water for all of them and their animals. This is something that cannot be debated. The Lord provided and guided the Israelites into their new homes in the promised land. Although a definite answer to the number of Israelites that were present during this time cannot be given, we do know that the Lord provided for them. So join us next time in episode 48, The Clans of Israel, as we begin to look at the structure and makeup of the camp that the Israelites had and the way the clans were set up. Because the Israelites weren't a nation yet, they were more so a bunch of tribes or clans all gathered together. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.